Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of land and waters that this podcast is recorded on. Hello, hello, and welcome to You Beauty. My name is Shazzy Hunt, and I'm your always excitable host for the Tuesday Ask an Expert episodes. And today, we're going with a bit of an unconventional topic for You Beauty. I want to get to the bottom of birthmarks, because lots of us have them, or know someone that does, yet I feel like there's pretty limited knowledge around what they are, why they exist, and if there's anything we should probably be doing to look after them. So to share some insights on birthmarks, I've called in Dr. Deshan Sebaratnam, who is a dermatologist at Sydney-based clinic, The Skin Hospital, and also a conjoint senior lecturer at the University of New South Wales. And would you believe it, today, just before our interview, he was on his way to Vancouver for the International Society for Vascular Birthmarks meeting, a worldwide birthmark meeting. So he's the expert. Dr. Deshan, welcome to You Beauty. Thank you for having me. So birthmarks, it's one of those skin things that are almost so pervasive and common that they've overlooked any kind of meaningful discussion. Is that your feeling as well? Yeah, birthmarks are a really uh, common condition. Most people have one form of a birthmark in some way, shape or form. So when most people think about a birthmark, they'll think about a brown spot. And in those situations, it's where there's been a little mistake in your body is DNA and it's coding for too many pigment cells, and that's what causes a brown birthmark. But there's lots of other different kinds of birthmarks. So our skin is probably one of the most complex organs in our body. And if you think about the skin, there's lots of layers. So you've actually got your skin cells, but then your pigment cells, you've got blood vessels, you've got muscle, you've got sweat glands, you've got nerves, and you can actually get a birthmark in any of these different structures within the skin. I know we're going to get into some of the different varieties of birthmarks that you touched on, but are there certain defining characteristics that make a birthmark? And on the other hand, any that make it not a birthmark, but people always think that it's a birthmark? One misnomer about birthmarks is that they're not always present at birth. So the mistake in your DNA will be there, but sometimes it takes a little while for it to declare itself. And so some birthmarks, kind of the changes are there within the skin, but they don't present in infants until the first few weeks or months of life. And so when we're talking about the most common type of birthmark, that's a congenital melanocytic nevus. That's its fancy name. So congenital from the time you're born, melanocytic because it's made up of pigment cells, and nevus is another word for a birthmark. These will be there from birth, and that's kind of one of their defining characteristics. But then there's other brown spots you can get. With a congenital melanocytic nevus, that's why you have too many pigment cells, but you can get other kinds of birthmarks, which look similar, so brown spots. And that's where there's actually a little mistake in the DNA where you have a normal number of pigment cells, but they code for too much pigment. So there's something called cafe au lait macules because they look like coffee with milk. We normally save the myths to the end of the show, but I feel like we need to get one out of the way today. And that's that birthmarks aren't caused by 
anything physical that happens during the birth process, not a result of anything your mum did or didn't do when she was pregnant. Is that all correct? That is pretty much 100% spot on. So people use, there's lots of old wives tales like, you know, if you have a black spot, it's because your mum had too much coffee or with a red spot, it's because your mum had too many strawberries. It's an interesting point. So the most common type of birthmark is something called a strawberry nevus or an infantile hemangioma. And actually, there's a little bit of evidence that perhaps having a difficult childbirth might predispose you to some of those red spots. But I mean, again, no one goes out of their way to seek a difficult childbirth. It's just one of those things. So you definitely shouldn't blame yourself or your mom for any uh, birthmarks. Where on the body or the face do birthmarks typically arise or can they really show up anywhere? Yeah, they can literally show up anywhere. So anywhere you have skin, something is coding for that skin and that code can go wrong. (laughs) So with particular types of birthmarks, uh, so the ones we mentioned before, the strawberry birthmarks, the infantile hemangioma, and there's another type of vascular birthmark called a port wine stain or a capillary malformation. They tend to occur a little bit more commonly on the face and the neck. But as you said, birthmarks can occur anywhere that you have skin. There's a particular type of birthmark that's particularly common in ethnic skin. So East Asian, South Asian, Sub-Saharan African people. And that's where there's too many pigment cells. So it's got a name that's sort of fallen out of favor now called a Mongolian spot. It's now called dermomanocytosis. And those are very common. I used to have one when I was little. And you can see, well, you can't see because it's a podcast, but I've got a little different type of birthmark there on my eyebrows. So yeah, very common to have more than one type. Let's get into some of those varieties while we're on this topic. So we've kind of touched on a few of them. You talk me through them. There's about six categories. Is that right? Uh, there's like 600. Uh, oh, we'll gosh. To- it's okay. We'll <laughs> some of the common ones. I don't think we've got time, Dr. Deshaun, for yeah, 600, but-, <laughs> but you can pick some of the main ones for me. When I think most people think about birthmarks, as I was saying, they're thinking about brown or black spots, and that's why you've got too many pigment cells. So they're pretty common. They're pretty harmless most of the time as well. Some kids can have really big birthmarks, and they can, you know, occupy entire sections of the face or the body. When you have a really big one, we think as time goes by, there might be a slightly higher risk of nasty or cancerous changes developing within those birthmarks. And very rarely when you have too many pigment cells in your skin, some kids have too many pigment cells in other areas which develop alongside the skin, like the brain and the spine. So that's one thing to be mindful of. The most common type of vascular birthmark are strawberry birthmarks or infantile hemangioma. So these are a bit funny because they're not normally present at birth and then they start to blow up like a balloon within the first few weeks of life. They kind of stay flat until their kids are about a year and then they start to deflate like a balloon. So really common, about one in 25 kids will have one. It's a bit more common in premature babies or if you've had a difficult labor. And these are normally pretty harmless and they go away by themselves. They can be associated with other anatomical troubles. And then probably the last two dimensions. So one's the capillary malformation we were talking about before, and that's where you just have a flat red spot. So rarely these can be associated in certain areas with the skin and the flesh underneath it growing a bit more than normal skin. Certain locations like the forehead, they can be associated with troubles with the eye or the brain. And then there's the last type of birthmark, I guess, and that's the cafe au lait macules. So with those ones, you just have a flat brown spot. They come up in the first few years of life. They are 
pretty harmless. But if you've got lots and lots of them, it can be a clue to other genetic problems. That's a handful of the 600 or so. Anything <laughs> on your skin that you're not sure of, I mean, the first port of call should be a GP or a specialist dermatologist. I wanted to know with birthmarks, particularly ones on your face, is it okay to be applying products, whether it's body care if it's on your body or skincare products, and even makeup on top of birthmarks? No problems at all. You can do whatever you like. You can treat it just like any other part of the skin. And what about sun protection measures? Yeah, so Australia is the skin cancer capital of the world. Two out of three Australians will get some form of skin cancer by the time they reach retirement age. So we should all be diligent with slip, slop, slap and our sunscreen and all of that in any case. With the birthmarks, I don't think you need to do anything extra on top of what you'd normally be doing. In theory, there might be a slightly, slightly higher risk. It depends on how big the birthmark is, but I wouldn't be losing too much sleep over it. Again, treat it like any other part of your skin. For the most part, is it okay to just leave a birthmark, have it your whole life, go about your life and not worry a bit about it? Absolutely. So that's the case for most people. It's uh, what makes you special. So that little flaw is what, you know, makes you you. And 100%, most people don't need to do anything special for their birthmarks. On the flip side then, are there any particular signs or changes that you should be actually noticing and aware of when it comes to your birthmark that might say, hey, there might be something going on here. You may need to get this checked out. Yep. So with the brown birthmarks I was talking about, it's similar to any mole. If you notice any brown spot on your body changing, that's something that needs medical attention. Most birthmarks tend to be pretty static throughout your life. So they don't really change too much. There's a few exceptions. So during puberty, when the hormones kick in, there can be some changes. But if there are any new changes, I mean, uh, it's really important to see a doctor and get them checked. Once all of those boxes have been ticked, if you don't like the way it looks, there are treatment options available. So surgery is one of them, actually cutting the birthmark out. But then there are also newer treatments like lasers, for example. So we're quite lucky in Australia. A lot of these are actually covered by Medicare. There are structures around that. So one of the things I do a lot is treating vascular birthmarks. The same laser that you'd use to treat rosacea or broken blood vessels, you can also change the settings and treat vascular birthmarks. We don't normally recommend laser for brown spots. Those are better off treated surgically. And then for some of the other more niche ones, like the excess veins, there's things like sclerotherapy, where we inject something sticky to close off the vessels. So there are definitely treatment options available in terms of improving the look of birthmarks as well. And what about in terms of scarring? Do you need to worry about anything like that or that it will look different on the skin where the birthmark was, whether it's a laser or whether it was surgery? Yeah. So with any kind of treatment, you are changing the skin and you're introducing controlled damage. So if that's surgery, cutting it out, laser, you are introducing energy to the skin, you know, with some of the other things I mentioned, you're sealing off blood vessels and blocking off the blood supply. So there's, I think it's not that common to get things to 100%. But if you can make an improvement to the extent where, you know, someone's no longer having to wear as much makeup, or they're not feeling as self-conscious, or just, you know, they can get away with a bit of tinted sunscreen, uh, I think you can make a, a meaningful difference, even if it's not quite 100%. 
Every episode of UBD normally ends with our expert confirming or denying a myth. We have done a few, but I did want to ask you a very funny one that I was surprised came up a few times, and it was birthmarks are a sign of special personality traits or that their size and positioning can provide a prediction on your future prosperity. Dr. Deshaun, are these the crystal balls that we didn't know we had all along? Unfortunately not. I don't think there's any good (laughs) evidence that uh, they determine your future prosperity. We chuck this one in the old wives' tales category (laughs) that you mentioned earlier. 100%. Dr. Deshaun, thank you for joining us on New Beauty and enlightening us on those commonly overlooked birthmarks. Thanks for having me. Today's episode of You Beauty was free. When you become a Mamma Mia subscriber, you get access to every podcast, exclusive videos, and all the great articles on Mamma Mia. And of course, you will be supporting us, Australia's only women's media company, and our team of female journalists and producers. And if you're looking for something else to listen to, and you have teens or kids of any age, we have a show for you. It's called Help, I Have a Teenager, and it's hosted by experts Dr. Ginny Mansberg and Joe Lamble. And this week, they tackle a super tough anonymous question. Take a listen. We've got a question from Anonymous. Hi, Joe and Ginny. I need your help. My 17-year-old daughter has just found out that she's pregnant. What's the best thing to do in these situations? You can hear Help, I Have a Teenager anywhere you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. I'm Shazzy Hunt. Our show producer is Michaela Floriano. And tomorrow on New Beauty, we'll be dishing up your weekly hit of beauty news. Bye. Bye.